episode four, season two of the Dusty Bender podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson. The other host with me with a very sore, vo- sore very sore throat is Taylor Wells. Wells, how you feeling over there, buddy? I mean, I feel better. Uh, yeah? it, it was a long weekend. Was it as, now? As most nobody knows. <laughs> but, well, some some very lucky fans in Vegas know how much fun I had. Um, but, yeah, I'm paying for it now. I did two two hockey games and a concert, and then that doesn't include all of the, uh, you know, random nights of fun that we had. I know. Uh, from, from your text messages, I'm, I'm assuming you yelled at the refs a lot in that Vegas game? That is correct, and <laughs> well-deserved. I, I think I yelled icing at least 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if every IC in the world could have saved them in that fucking game. Bro. All right. I mean, okay, so let me let me get my punches in here. Go for it. It was a good game. It was 1-1. They really looked, especially coming off of back-to-back, they looked okay against a fucking good Vegas team. Right. And the refs absolutely blew an icing that just turned right into a goal. And it was just like... At that moment, Vegas was like, oh, yeah, they played last night. Let's just put 50 shots on whatever the hell it was and right. just dust it up. <laughs> just fucking took it to them. The only penalties that I can remember off my head, both were very well-deserved. I mean, they, were, they weren't they were like he didn't mean to do it, but they were definitely – you and I argued about the Getzlav one where he just cold-cocked fucking William Carlson for no reason. I'm um, sure he had a reason. Oh, I'm oh, I'm sure that there was some behind the play <laughs> shit, but well, Carl. I mean, to be fair, Carlson shouldn't have been like puck watching. But for another, but on the other side of that, he had no reason to expect to hit because he like had no idea, wasn't even remotely close to the puck. So, yeah, you can't, you can't, you you got to watch the play sometimes, and you're not supposed to be expecting to get hit from fucking Getzlav, who was. Yeah, that was that was just not good. And then there was literally right after the Getzlav goal, there was another penalty. Uh, penalty for tripping which i don't think i can't remember who got it but he didn't mean he didn't he definitely didn't mean to do it but it was a trip so yeah no i mean uh you know it was just it was one of those things where you know it pulled all the momentum you know the, the eakins was pissed um uh, listening back to the ducks broadcast they were pissed um sat with a bunch of anaheim fans actually and you know not that not that we were all that pissed by the end of the game because we had you know people buying us beers and shit because they felt they felt sorry for us but <laughs> you know um, no it was you know it was it, in Vegas for two games and one was a blowout and the other one was a blowout so right. uh, you know one one went Vegas's way and uh, the one against Colorado did not exactly so, but it was good good hockey good awesome glad to hear that it was a good trip. Um, lots of gambling down there. Yeah, I, uh, for some reason I kept going to the same ATM hoping that I could get some money out and, uh, it, it fucked me every time. So I kind of did a lot of drinking instead. Fair enough. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of gambling, our sponsor once again for the Dusty Bender podcast, betcommish.ag. You can find him on Twitter at, uh, let's see, what is his tag here? At BetCommish. Could have probably guessed that off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, that um, was a gimme. Bet with the Commish. Commish offers 20% free play on deposits with zero rollover because rollover is a scam. 
Yes, it is. He doesn't. He doesn't tell me to say that part really loud, but I, I like to think that he wants me to. Too. Well, um, I think if you get enough beers in him, he would probably yell it at us too. So most likely, yeah. Like we're I just mean, sitting we'll just around. Go like, with it. He'd be that guy. By the way, we've never met Bet Commish. Like we really, have, we we love the guy. He's great, but we've never like met him in person. So we're just assuming. But we like get him with a beer, and everything's just quiet. We're like watching a game or something. And he's like, <laughs> "Rollovers a scam." <laughs> from the kitchen he's actually on a beer run (laughs) yeah he's on a beer run just like dude what (laughs) um by the way if you're if so if you're wanting to play some action text 951-878-9411 or hit him up on twitter at bet commish yeah it's a rush man i always uh, reject rollover check out betcommish.ag he's a good guy we appreciate him yep i play some action with him today and probably gonna play some action with him tomorrow so yeah i uh i i knew i had a busy weekend coming up so i just did a i just did one of the free plays yeah so so, so yeah, uh we, we have both it. been we've both been a part of our sponsorship is we've both been allotted a little bit of free play money and uh we're gonna use that to to do our betting corner at these end of the episodes and uh we could talk about that but uh yeah you you used your first bit of free play didn't you yeah, and we'll we'll save that till the end. Give you a little suspense here. Um, it did not go well for me. Oh, but you so only to you take only some spe- suspense out. It was only it was only a little bit of the free play, right? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, um, so that's that's out of the way. Let's move on to news. Uh, we actually have a lot of news going on in the NHL right now. Um, starting with injuries. Uh, unfortunately for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, two-thirds of our, actually one-half, two-thirds, depending on uh, if we get to the last person, but uh, uh, affects the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Gabe Landeskog and Miko Rantanen, is that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, both down with injuries, Rantanen's week-to-week, Landeskog's out indefinitely. Um, this is not good for the Avalanche. Uh, while they are a better, more ra- well-rounded team than they were last year, uh, this is a team that still heavily relies on that top line to connect every night for at least a goal or two. And uh, now you've got, uh, I think it's JT Comper and Kadri moved up to the first line, which Kadri could be a decent substitute, but Comper, I don't know. And then that makes your second line even weaker without Kadri on it. So uh, this could, I mean, especially for long term, this could be problematic for the Avs. Yeah, I'm I'm not even sure. I haven't... Uh... Yeah, I was sleeping and drinking all weekend, so I don't know who's filling in there. Um, I'll pull up. I'll pull up daily face. So I I would think. I would think that. Uh, what's it? Yost. I would think Yost. Yost would fill into that second line center role. Um, look, this can be a huge hit for them. We we've talked before. You know, they they're they're one of their weaknesses is forward depth up front. Um, they've started to run into it a little bit more on the back end here. Once you know people started realizing they actually got to try against their second line uh, most nights, you know. Um, look, I mean, nobody wants to lose their, one. Of the, you know, Rantanen's arguably been one of their better players. You know, he's he got a payday and all that fun stuff. Um, and then you lose your captain on top of it. I mean, it's just, yeah, not not good for Colorado. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, hopefully those guys can get, get fixed up here pretty quick. Um, you know, this, it's good and bad for the West Conference, right? You know, yeah. This so, is a team that's been as pushing. Of their, as of their last game, they've got McKinnon on the first line with Don Skoy and Kadri, and then the second mm. line is uh, Bukowski, 
Jost, Yost, and uh, JT Comper. Mm. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's still not <sighs> bad. Like, that's a solid line. It's just, it's not as good without, I mean, Kadri's definitely should be there. Donskoy's, I don't know about Donskoy on the first line, but, I mean, I guess you don't really have any choices at this point. Yeah. So is that, is that McKinnon sliding over? Who do they have at center? They've got McKinnon at center. center. Okay, that's, that's fitting. Um, yeah, I could, I mean, they're going to mess with those lines even. I, I can, I can see them putting, you know, a couple, a couple guys up, maybe testing them out and then having Kadri back on that second center, you know, roll here pretty quick just for a little bit of depth. I mean, shit, you know, that's, um, it's a tough loss. Big big loss for them. No, it's it's not going to be good. But I mean, even short term that would be tough. But both of those guys at the same time, I don't. I think it's eventually they'll do okay at first. Kadri will step up. Um, they'll they'll make it work. But uh, no, it's it oh god, I'm getting an ad on my phone. What we go. in the world is that? Yeah, sorry about that. That was an ad. Was that Jessica um, Burger? It sounded like it. Oh. Um, Vote no, for it's, Jessica. It's going to be rough for the squad. Hopefully. Hopefully Grubauer can step up and uh, and and follow the slack, but uh, I'm hoping I, I know Avs fans and and the team themselves they're hoping that they come back sooner rather than later. Oh yeah. Um, also, uh, one that's definitely not going to be no hope for coming back er, uh, earlier. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko with the defending Stanley Cup champions on the Blues uh, will be reevaluated in five months after getting shoulder surgery. Oof. I mean. This is this is a big blow to the St. Louis Blues. They've already been they haven't been bad, but they certainly haven't. Now, granted, this is a team that was playing much worse last year. Around this time of the year, came back and won the Stanley Cup. So I'm not counting them out. It's just you know your dick. When you put yourself in this position, you dig yourself a hole, and you're 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 basically your top goal scorer going down for. I mean five months i'm not a math guy but that he's gonna i mean he'll he might be available like right before playoffs if st louis is in a spot yeah like yeah maybe five months. maybe a month or two of season oh yeah what's that november december january, january february, february march. march fuck yeah i mean that's that's right around the end um, like he's basically he's basically there for maybe the last five ten games and playoffs if st louis is in but He's basically done for the season. Yeah, God, that's a tough one. Um, the only the only thing I think the, the St. Louis Blues have that's a benefit over you know losing is fuck, Colorado lost their two best, you know two of their best players. Oh yeah, no, it's I mean <laughs> Colorado's know? in a worse boat for sure. But. Yeah, um, with St. Louis, you know, luckily for them, I know I did reading through the column like you know Robert Thomas is going to fill into that top role. I think is the plan. Um, you know they got young guys. They got young guys that can Sammy Blay guys like that that. Have shown some promise early, and you know could potentially continue to show some promise and slot right in there. Not you know not even miss too much of a beat on that team. Whereas you know Colorado's a little bit scarier. Um, but yeah, either sure. way, there's, it's tough. There's enough depth on the Blues to where if everyone if everyone steps up, they might be able to fill the void or at least not show the void. Mm-hmm. Whereas Colorado, I just don't know if there's enough depth on that. T- there's more depth than last year, True. but I don't know if there's enough depth to fill both of those. Maybe one of them, but not both. Yeah, Colorado's kind of the land of misfit toys right now, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, they've they've got a bunch of. Yeah, they're the new they're the new misfits, <laughs> but without yeah. the expansion. 
I mean, Donskoy, you know, Sharks didn't want him. Burkowski, fucking Caps mm-hmm. didn't want him. <laughs> I think they even yeah. have Valerie Nachuskin on there. I don't know what he's doing right now, but, um, yeah. Tough tough blow for the Blues, um, you know. Yeah, uh, Daily Faceoff has Sammy Blay on that first line right now. Okay, I can see that, yeah. That's, that's a good feeling. But, yeah, jeez. Get well, yeah, boys. Good. Um, one more, one more injury. Uh, we didn't write it down beforehand, but we haven't. I don't think we've talked about it in the past. Um, Malkin's been down for a while. Yeah. Um, but we, I don't I, think we've. I don't think we've talked about it enough because I think they've done a fairly good job of. You know, you've still got Sidney Crosby. Um, not that, not that, not having Malkin on your team is is not a good thing. I mean, you always want him, but right. I. Uh, Crosby's there. He can step up. He can turn it on to help until the workload comes back. And then, not to mention, you've got you've got some depth on Pittsburgh. So um, it's not as I mean, it's still a loss. But I think of the three that we just talked about, Malkin can be a little more expendable. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, it, but this is this is what Pittsburgh just does. I mean, Crosby goes down, and Malkin turns into the best player in the world, and right. vice versa. It's just it's crazy what these guys can do with, you know. I I won't even say that they have as you know more depth even than a Colorado team or a or a St. Louis team. But for some reason, they can just get these, like they can get the play out of these guys like Cahoon and uh, who was the kid who. Um, McGinn? Uh, or it's not McGinn. It's, um, no, I know who you're t- uh, What the hell is his name? Um, either way, I mean, they st- I, I, I read just recently, like, as, as the game was just finishing up, they had, like, seven goal scores tonight, and it was 7-1. Like, McCann. McCann, yes. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's nuts. Uh, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if that's a... You know, Pittsburgh forever was drafting in the pretty much the second round. You know what I mean? So I think, I mean, they, they plucked a guy like Gensel out of the third round, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, I think they, they just draft well, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, either way, you know, it's a tough blow. You'd love to have Malkin. Um, but luckily, you know, they've been getting production from these guys. And, um, yeah. That's, yeah, they're, that's they're right. strangely that was a while ago. deep. They're strangely deep. I mean, um, Dominic Simone is on the th- on the first line now with Crosby. You can plug anybody into that line; they'll do okay. Um, but Jugstrad is now on the second center on that second line with Hornquist and Galchaniak. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's fine. I mean, Bajugstad. No, he's not. He's not the power forward that I think everybody was hoping. But uh, he'll be fine as a fill-in. And then that third line of Cahoon. He's he's a surprise. McCann is doing great, and Brian Rust was a was a surprise last year and I it looks like he might come back so yeah I mean but then they've added guys like you know Tanev and guys like that that yep. are playing well um yeah I mean it just you never know what what to expect um so sure. you know for all for all we know Burakovsky goes on a 20 game goal scoring streak there in Colorado for all we know yeah you know? and not to mention I mean another thing you can't expect but Matt Murray I mean Matt Murray yeah. could all of a sudden realize that he's a goalie that's won back-to-back Stanley Cups and start fucking playing tremendous hockey again. Uh, yeah. He's still very young. Man, it's just Brian Elliott got waxed. <laughs> oh, shit. Brian Elliott did? Yeah, he let in six tonight. That was brutal. Um, 
Yeah. No surprise there. Um, okay. Uh, so that's all the injuries we got talking about. Um, let's go to the trade. We had a trade between we two did. episodes. Uh, it was actually, fi- with all things considered, the the process of the trade was actually pretty quick. Uh, what is it, Brendan Perlini? Yes. Yeah, Brendan Perlini uh, requested a trade with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. He uh, had been uh, a healthy scratch for, I think, every game except one. Yeah, he played the, one. Yeah, except for one. Uh, he requested a trade, and uh, I think within a matter of days, he was uh, granted his wish. Uh, Steve Eiserman was happy to oblige with the Detroit Red Wings and traded away uh, Regula, Rugula. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know what I don't know what it is. He's he's an unknown name. Uh, it, well, unknown in the sense that he was playing uh, for the London Knights uh, in the in the WHL, I believe, or the mm-hmm. QHL, or whatever it is. Um, he was just a developmental prospect. He had a lot of. I mean, he was a very positive prospect. Uh, he was doing quite well in his year at in London, but uh, um, obviously Chicago could use a bit more developing defensemen in their pipeline. Uh, they have an abundance of these like second to third line, you know, wingers, and uh, on on the Detroit side, it's the exact opposite. Um, Detroit was really struggling for defense for a long time, so their scouts basically just got all these guys. So we've got a lot. While we don't have good defense now, uh, we have a lot of great developing defensemen in the pipeline, and uh, I think Rugula was just basically. Uh, expendable at this point because the red wings offense currently in the nhl is really struggling with depth scoring um if it's not if 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 that first line basically doesn't drag them into the win column uh the red wings lose uh as as you see with their eight game losing streak even though they did just end that tonight against edmonton but right um no they've been they've been really struggling on that uh andreas anthonacinu still does not have a goal uh anders nielsen still does not have a goal Justin Applicator does not have a goal. Um, Glenn Denning does not have a goal. N doesn't have a goal. Uh, I mean, you can just go down the list of guys that don't have goals uh, other than that first line. So, um, this is a good, I think this is a decent stop the bleeding trade for the Red Wings. And uh, for the Blackhawks, I don't know. Maybe regular, uh, regular turn pans out to be a good defenseman in the future. Uh, if he doesn't, I don't think no harm, no foul, really, because uh, Perlini wanted to get out of Chicago anyway. So, and he wasn't playing. So, yeah, and you you nailed it on the head. I mean, they just they have a, a plethora of second and third line guys there in in Chicago, and that's exactly what Detroit needed. That's why we saw one so quickly. I think Detroit's going to jump on. You know, that's, I don't think that's the last second or third line forward that we see going to. Uh, the Red Wings on on you know some sort of a a smaller contractor you know not like low expectations right so they probably didn't have to give up too much with this uh, r- regular kid um, and I I love Brendan Perlini so I mean I a little bit of time here watching him in Arizona I don't think he even got a, a fair shot here uh, let alone you know he he probably could have easily filled in on a third line role there in Chicago I'm not sure you know I'm not sure maybe he just didn't fit into their system over there or what it was but. Um, I think it's a good good move for the Red Wings. Obviously, I don't know anything about this regular kid. I'm looking him up right now. Just, to, just I don't know, know much about. Him. All I know is was he, he was having a pretty solid year in London. But that I mean, he's just he's 
he's a prospect. I mean, yeah. it's it's I mean, the chances of him developing into, you know, a Nick Lindstrom, who knows, but um uh, I think I think that's later on down the road. The Detroit Red Wings already have a very very solid developmental. I mean, Moritz for all intents and purposes, Moritz Sider is going to be the defensive leader of this team for the foreseeable future when he becomes old enough. So, um definitely uh, we don't need that kind of guy uh and i think there's other people ahead of him in grand rapids and uh probably in the echl too so he's got 11 points in 10 games for london yeah um, so that's i so mean that's bad. pretty good yeah no it's bad. pretty good it's just he's i mean he's a kid and it's i mean i think there's other people that we could use that don't necessarily it's not that he's bad it's not a reflection on him it's just we he's we have lots of him so yeah Oh, that's a good one. Definitely. Um, okay, uh, let's move on. Trades. How about signings? We've got Roman Yossi with the Nashville Predators. You've got the information on that one, don't you? Yeah, Yossi, eight years, 72.4, so about $9 million annually. Um, that makes him the third highest paid defenseman in the league. That's, you know, I mean, looking at his looking at his stuff, I mean, you know, even, even with a Subban there where um, – you know, he's got to compete with some of that playing time and stuff like that. He's just been killing it. Uh, still pretty young, too, 29. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's always tough. It's always a tough bet to see how long these guys can go for. Um, you know, but eight years only puts him at, what, 37? Um, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, by that point, in eight years, our our cap will probably be higher you know we would obviously as nhl fans would love to see the cap higher and just growing the sport and those kind of things but um you know i mean he's a he's a perennial 50 50 to 6 point guy and that's the you just he deserves to be paid Uh, this is a good move good move for nashville locks him down um yeah he's got to you know show a little little success in the playoffs and stuff like that so that's that's obviously, I'm sure, at the top of his mind for the next eight years is getting them to that, getting them over that hump, right? Getting the W instead of um, you know finishing in that second or Western Conference, right? So, yeah, good move, good move all around. And rep, I mean, yeah. nine million. No. You know, you look at you look at some of these other D, and yeah, he's the third highest paid, but he's just been so consistent about it all. Um, I mean, that's he's you know he's definitely within the top ten best defensemen in the league, and. I mean, but it's also depending, like, defensemen, offensemen, it's judged on points. Like, that's easy. Right. Defensemen, there's a lot of factors. Like, you and me, we've talked about this before. Uh, you and me, we, we care more about our plus minus. On the like, D side, yeah. Right, on the D side. Like, if you're a defenseman, you care kind of more about your plus minus than you do about your points. It's because, like, at the end of the day, say you've got, like, 10 points in 10 games, but if you're a minus, you know, 5 or whatever, then in your mind you're not you know your those goals don't mean anything because you're on the ice more for when you get scored on than when you score yeah so yeah and just just taking a, a brief look at this i mean he's 3 10 34 uh 18 what 53 so in his mm-hmm. nhl career it looks like he's 50 plus 53 plus 54 something like that so mm-hmm. i mean shit you know he's 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 obviously shown that he can score goals um, and, and put up points, but it, you know he's he's not on the ice. He's not a liability either. So, no, nope, he's uh, good on every front. This is a good, solid, solid all-around D-man. Um, I actually, you know, usually when you think of good D-men in the league, it's Carlson, Burns, and Dowdy. And uh, 
I think, you know, Carlson and Burns are obviously more the offensive side of that. Uh, Dowdy more the defensive side. I think Yossi is a good in-between. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, he's Perfect. a captain over there, too, right now, huh? What's that? Looks like he's yeah, he's captain over there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. No, he's doing just fine over in Nashville, so... Uh, good for the Preds. They'll definitely need uh, they'll definitely need him for any sort of run in the future. Um, all right, um, real quick before we leave on, uh, move on to the league talk. Uh, Ovi Ovi had a nice little uh, chirp to the Toronto Maple Leafs before the game today. Yeah, he did. He got a did he have a translator for it or did he just try to spit it out? You know, they. I think he needed a translator because I saw the original quote and it like. I knew what he was trying to say, but it was very broken English. <laughs> it was bad. It was it was it was very it was very akin to uh, Jonas Corposillo talking about his two on one his two on one experience. Uh, everybody likes to play the hockey. <laughs> you core group of guys stay together. It's up to them how they want to do it. If they want to play for themselves or if they want to win the Stanley Cup, they have to play differently. I mean, you know, I I, I kind of like it. Have them throw some shade. I like Especially that. before a game with them. <laughs> yeah, that makes it even better. What a beauty! It does um, and then make what, it what does he do? I mean, he goes out there and scores. Yeah, and then he goes out and then they beat him in overtime in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, he just goes out there and answers the bell, anyways. So. I mean, he obviously, yeah, he obviously got called out. I mean, like, he makes this call, and then obviously Toronto gets pissed. Matthews was involved in every, Matthews was involved in every Toronto goal. He was, Mm -hmm. he had the assist on the first one, and then scored the uh, second and third. And then Ovi, Ovi assisted on the first two Washington goals, scored the third goal, and scored the fourth goal. That's stupid. So battle of the superstars in that game yeah and what's interesting is we've talked about it before but this is this is something that you know this is coming from experience with him you know what i mean like at the earlier part of his career it was definitely you know ovi against the world like he just he could have had he could have had fucking gretzky and crosby next to him and it just felt like ovi was playing for ovi uh and so it's really interesting to hear him kind of talk about a, a toronto team that is obviously struggling with that right i mean matthews has has come out and, and before, you know, he's kind of said, you know, I, I'd like the captaincy and, um, you know, wants to be the guy there. And it's just good good for Ovi, but, you know, it just it makes you wonder. I guess, I guess he is – he's in the other division, so he doesn't have to see him too much. But uh, it's just – it's pretty funny. It's good on Ovi to kind of put that on the table. And, you know, uh, I mean, he's not even calling out his own team for doing that kind of shit. He's, he's basically talking to the – Another team that everybody knows is struggling, um, and doing it before a game is such a beauty move, anyway. So, oh yeah, definitely getting in their heads. Um, I mean, and you made a good point about Ovi because I think he has gone through a transformation, and I, I honestly do think his early years about that it, there might have been some like, not to paint with a broad brush, but we just do we do see it from Russian hockey players that usually they come to the league, and Stanley Cup is is a cool thing, but it's not the main priority the main priority is to play hockey and make money um we've kind of seen that with a couple of russian hockey players recently uh you know panarin and bobrovsky i think both of them uh i mean more panarin than bobrovsky i think bob was actually hoping that florida was going to be a cup contender this year um but 
both of them don't re- i mean they could have signed with other teams that had better chances to win the cup and they didn't so right uh they they took the payday over over winning the cup uh and even more spotlight driven too you know like it's more about about the fame because i think that was might have been a factor for uh, panarin as well because he he had to have known that the rangers are not anywhere close to a stanley cup so um there was good money and he knows that he's going to be the man there so i uh, i think that's that's a factor in it with ovi i think he was kind of the man this was this goes back to when there was the the four division i guess there's still four divisions now but remember that remember it was the old southeast division mhm do you remember that and it was it was the washington capitals with the atlanta thrashers the carolina hurricanes the tampa bay lightning and the florida panthers and every year the capitals would win the fucking president's trophy because they would just whoop up on all four of those teams all season yeah like this was this was you know late late 2000s early you know like 11 12 that kind of time when i mean atlanta still was a thing they were terrible carolina was was nowhere near, they were in that in-between period where there was it was cam ward on autopilot um tampa was still a mediocre team and florida was garbage so it was just the ov show where he would go around and whoop up on these teams and they'd go to the stanley and then they go to the playoffs and then crosby would kick him out yeah so <laughs> i think i think he's i think he's learned now with a support system now that there's tougher teams he's ha- he's got to step up he learned that he can't do it as a one-man show and they've actually brought in some guys that can actually skate with him uh i think he's learned that it's better to be a team player than being on being you know one man show yeah no i mean I, we we've seen that and, and that's the whole reason that he won a cup you know yes. it's cuz of cuz of that whole side of things where it's not you know what kind of behind the back falling to the ice goal can Ovi make it's you know he's realizing okay if i if i put in you know if i have four points on a night um you know we still can't lose five four you know what i mean so he's he's really figured that out and i think you know toronto man toronto it just yeah i'm not i'm not sure what i'm not sure what they need to do i haven't watched enough their games lately but you know, if other guys around the league are seeing exactly what is going on with that team, then uh, you know at what point do do those guys in Toronto need to take a look at themselves and and decide, hey, you know, a guy like Ovechkin is basically calling me out from another team. Like that's just crazy. As a as a Red Wings fan with absolutely no score to settle, uh, I think it's all Babcock's fault. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely Babcock's fault and his giant uh-huh. contract. Yep. I mean, it's, well, no, it's not his contract. Fuck, fuck, goddamn. Uh, the, the Leafs can, they can sucks my Babcock. Okay, they've got so much goddamn money that they, I, it, see, and that's what I love about our league. Okay, money can't buy you a Stanley Cup. Like N- NBA, MLB, you throw enough money at it, and eventually you're gonna win a championship, or at least in- highly increase your odds. Here in hockey, Toronto, Toronto's net worth and fan base is like larger than you know the Panthers and the Coyotes and you know name another non-market team probably Carolina combined okay they've got more money and fan base than all the three of those teams combined and it still hasn't won them a cup 
Yeah. Because you've got to have the team, you've got to have the skill, you've got to have all the parts clicking. And that's what I love about our sport is that there's so many there, there's so many intangibles. Like I mean not to not to toot St. Louis's horn, but Christ on sale, who thought St. Louis was going to win the Stanley Cup last year? Just about nobody. Just about nobody. Except maybe Devin. Except like the one St. Louis Blues fan still just cheering on Jake Allen. Yeah, yeah. It, did you see that he picked him up in our league? No, he didn't. <laughs> oh my God, was he living in fucking? Is he living 2013 in the woods? Yes, or he whatever? Is in he the lives woods. in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh fuck. I don't know. He probably dropped it by now. Like I don't know if it was just like a spot game pickup or something, and he was desperate, but. I saw that and I was like, "You've got to be fucking." I I hope it was season long, goalie number two option now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a homer! God. Okay. Um, Talk about Ovi. All right. Let's get on to some league talk. Um, I want to talk about. So we kind of already hit on it before. So let's start with this. I wrote down. uh, I wanted to talk about Florida, but specifically Bobrovsky because this guy is not impressing me. Has is he you? Um, so, I mean, I, I've been, I've been following them super closely just because I have him in one of my leagues and he's just been really inconsistent. Um, you know, and, and the thing, the thing that makes me feel a little bit better about it is their backup really hasn't done all that much either. So he's been, their backup Montembo or whatever has been pretty inconsistent himself. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I, I just, I think it's, it's something they brought in some new D and and we were just kind of thinking, Hey, you know, we're going to get a fresh start this year. Um, you know, and I think that's why we got a little overzealous about it. Um, but like we talked about last time, Bavrovsky, this is, he's notoriously bad in October. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he can kind of come through it, especially for the sake of. Florida Panthers who don't have any money anyways and decided to pay him a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely concerning, but I think, I think this is a team, we even talked at the beginning of the year that they would have a little bit of this struggle mm-hmm. just because they did have some new faces and they did have a whole new coach and they had a, you know, a, a new starting goalie and those kind of things. So, um, you know, there's, there's guys that are, that are even a little, you know, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I think I think their their D is is where it kind of, you know, I need to see a little bit more from them, um, mm-hmm. and not necessarily in the category where I need to see them putting up points. But I mean, you got a guy like Ekblad with a three point eight shooting percentage. You got a guy like Keith Yandel with a three point seven. I mean, that's just even for D, that's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I it, it just we need to see a little bit more out of them. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them go after, after a, maybe a, a big name D, but I think that's where a lot of their problems are, and it'll be a little bit of an adjustment period for Bobrovsky because he's coming from Seth Jones and uh, Murray, and um, yep. you know what's what's the other the other young guy um, up there? So yeah, good defensive prospects. Wierenski. Wierenski. Yeah. Wierenski. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a little concerning, but. Realistically, looking at the standings, um, East has actually been a little weaker than we thought that it was going to be Just up until this enough, point. Yeah. So you know, I mean, even at 
him having a four four two zero and three record. I mean, you know, three point seven nine point eight seven zero. I mean, they're still in a wild card spot right now. So right, crazy you enough. Know, it's crazy. No, I just I'm seeing a lot of rubber go past him more than I'm you know you would normally think. So yeah, I I mean I had him last year and he was very he he definitely gets hot as the season goes on. It's just mm-hmm. it's just naturally what he does, but. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there's, there's got to. I mean, you can't look at a point eight seven zero and a three net seven nine and go, oh, he's, he's fine. You know, right. this is, this is, this is fine. He'll, yeah, I'm not worried about him at all. No, you, you I mean, you got to be worried about him a little bit. Panthers got to be worried a little bit, but, um, I do think he'll come out of it. So, so and this is a good segue because these two teams played last night. So the reason why I brought, you know, I mean, this was just another example of it. He's been seeing rubber go past him all season so far but i mean canucks lit the panthers up yesterday seven to two yeah but bravsky didn't start no but he came in and he had three goals go past him i don't think it was three was it i think it was three i think you're i think you're shit out of luck there bud oh maybe it was maybe it was four and two and there was an empty nutter yeah i think that's i think i think he only let in two but i mean it's still i mean it's not great but Look, this is also on a night where he's expecting to sit. He's expecting to get a little bit of play from his backup goalie. That's the whole point. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams will actually let the backups just get fucking waxed in those games. Oh, yeah, make them learn a lesson. Exactly. Just, you know, make them, make them put that time in because uh, I know. All right, all right. How about, how about when they played? So the game before that was Panthers-Flames, and they lost 6-5 in a shootout. Yeah, I mean, it, but it can, it can also happen in a goalie, right? Sure. Uh, so I mean Gibson Gibson just let in four tonight, right? They got the win with seven four. But you know, it's a it's 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 a kind of you know, you can have that off night. Same. Um, I don't I was gonna say I don't think that happens. I mean, I don't think Gibson's not in question right now. I think but Bob's always had an inconsistent pass and people have always kind of thought that maybe he might have been the sleepy problem in Columbus. Whereas I think I'm fairly certain that everybody knows that without Gibson, the Ducks would be plummeting to the bottom of the conference. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like uh, you put you put an average goalie in Anaheim right now, and that team is significantly worse. Like, is screwed. I mean, Gibson literally steals games for this team week to week. Right, so I mean, but do you really think Barbrowski's going to stay? So his save percentage, right? Mm-hmm. It's point eight seven zero. You think he's going to stay uh, below his average mark in the NHL of point nine one eight? That low? I mean, that's that's forty eight points. <laughs> yeah, that's a I lot. Mean, I'm not going to say. I right now I'll say no. Like it, like it's logic would say that he would go back up, but. Then again, it's a different team. It's a different system, and you made a good point. Like he's got different defensemen in front of him. Arguably, not a not as good defense. Yeah, you know, like in front of him, at least he had offensive defensemen in front of him to at least keep the puck on the other end of the ice. Whereas now you've kind of got a different system where it's more, you know, shut down defensemen. I yeah, um, I'll t- we'll talk about it later in our fantasy talk. But Weger, you know, he's he's a good dude on the first line with um, was it Ekblad? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not bad, but uh, it's it's definitely uh, more of a hold-them-off defense than a keep-them-in-their-own-zone defense. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, is it possible that he just gets shelled like this all year? Totally. It's Florida. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm not writing. I, them, I'm not writing them off by any means. I'm just saying, like, there's definitely. I think there might be a little more concern here than people are. People are saying. And I think, yeah. I mean, I th- that's fair. I'm just saying, like, under underlying numbers, I I don't think so. So I think what we've seen is Florida comes out really flat in the first, and you know, it, it's just it, it's more of a team game than than saying. You know, one of the a goalie who's won the Vesna twice or whatever has, you know, he's the problem. I just I don't see it yet. Um, you know, if we get twenty games in and he's still below nine hundred and mm-hmm. you know is still getting shelled for five goals a game, yep. then yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously we have to have a problem. Um, you, you know, I'm just I, I, being a numbers guy, being being that focus on numbers. Um, you're always gonna start evening out towards your average. And so uh, I just I see him doing it. Um, I think Florida in general just has an issue. Yep. So no, I agree. Um, hey, speaking of goalies that have no chance, uh, how about Svechnikov putting in a Michigan tonight? <laughs> yeah, he, he scored two tonight. I think. I think he had both of them for the win. Yeah, he had both. He had two of the two of the three. I think. Or no, it was two one, wasn't it? Uh, 2-1, yeah. Might have been the game winner, yeah, it was. So, uh, that, and I think the Michigan was the game winner, yeah. So that was on, uh, that was on, who was that on? That's Riddick. Riddick, yeah, so, I mean. Yeah, um, man. I mean, good for him to have the ball. Uh, somebody on our Twitter had a really good point. Like, doing the, doing the Michigan, it's not necessarily hard, like the actual act of putting the puck on your stick and and tucking it into that corner, it's not necessarily difficult skill wise because lots of lots of players can do it, like like can do it, do it, like physically do it. But to have the balls to do it in the middle of a game and have it go off perfectly, that's another issue. Yeah, what a Russian thing to do. Yes. Um. So what I do, I was watching it, and I do. Uh, so if he does that. And if at any point his stick actually goes above the crossbar, mm-hmm. or is that high sticking? I believe it is, yes. So that, to me, that's the impressive part, is not only, like you said, attempting to do it, because that takes takes some confidence, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, like, the ability to do that, keep it under the bar, and, I mean, it's not like Riddick was out of position. No. You know, he, it was I mean, just there was like, a very small corner. There was a very small corner, and he just, he put it right in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, good goal. I also uh, was hearing people talk about, um, terrible Selly. So, <laughs> which I got a good chuck at. I mean, he was just, it was, it was just kind of a, uh, a, you know, boring Selly, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's this, this kid's good. I mean, we, there was a reason that he was a high draft pick. I think he was, I think he was number two, I think he was two overall, three overall. I think he was two overall, right after Darlene, right? Yeah. So um, I mean, there's there's a reason he went that high. By the way, his older brother, I think his name's Evgeny. Yeah. Um, he plays with the Red Wings. Uh, he, uh, you think you think Corey Perry looks like DJ Maxi? Uh, take a look at Evgeny Svechnikov. <laughs> I think he sent me a picture of that. Dude, he's a fucking identical. <laughs> like he is. Evgeny Svechnikov. Let me tell you this story of uh, we we were going to a Ducks game uh, for spring break a while, a long time ago now. 
But we were trying to convince him. It just however many beers we got him, we just couldn't get him to convince him to go get um, some paper and some markers and write. Hey Perry, mom wants her. Uh, what do you call the, What do you call the checks that? Oh, alimony. The alimony. <laughs> and but he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. But you know, I think. I think Perry would have. You know, at least given him a puck or something. You know. I'm your long lost brother. I'm your long lost son. I mean, what Perry's how old? Yes. Oh, yes. There you go. That could work. Yeah, Perry's like what, forty five, sixty? I think he's pushing at least ninety. At least. <laughs> at least ninety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, Sveshnikov. He. I mean, look, last year, what was you know they they kind of just covered him a little bit. So I mean, they just basically like in Carolina, they didn't really need him up top that much. Mm-hmm. Into those top couple lines, and so I think they they kind of hit him on that third line. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting the time this year, and he's you know not necessarily lighting it up, but I mean he's definitely showing that he's he's going to be a big player for them. Oh, he could be a star in a couple of years. Oh yeah, right now right now Carolina's filled with stars, and and they're doing pretty good. I don't I don't want to do a big team review about them, but uh, Carolina's doing very well. No no surprise there. Big um. A big part of their lineup is going to be uh, Eric Haula, actually. He's on the third line, and he's doing pretty well. So, um, How about uh, talking about teams that are dumpster fires? Uh, Minnesota. Oh, goodness. They, they lost tonight to the Dallas Stars in spectacular fashion. Dallas scored six unanswered goals. It's just sad, dude. I, I mean, at this point, what, what can they possibly do? Uh, pull out their puffs Kleenex. That's it, man. Yeah. That's all I've been doing. Um, what can they do? They can sell off what any kind they, of pieces say that they the have. Coach or you're the GM. You're you're the almighty, all powerful. You know, uh, no no restrictions. Uh, dictator of the Minnesota Wild. What could you possibly do to make turn this team around? Turn them around. Um. Do you give motivational speeches? Do you kick garbage cans? Do you make a trade? Do you bench someone? Do you bring up an AHL or what do you do? Oh, I mean, I the only the only issue for me is I don't know who their prospects are. Okay. Um. God, I yeah, I I think you got to shake something up, and we already talked about it, but I think Butterballs has to go. Just to shake something up, see if it'll work. If it doesn't work, start selling them off at the trade deadline. I mean, you gotta, you gotta either commit to the rebuild, or you know, it's it's very rare that teams are able to kind of do this mid midpoint swing. Uh-huh. Um, a perfect example, I think we can we've talked about it before, but it's the Flyers. Yes, right. So they've had those off years, and and they said, you know, hey, you know, we're we're holding on to all these guys, but you know, we're we're not gonna rebuild at all. We're we're just firing back through so sure um yeah maybe you know what they just take kevin fiala and they just light him on fire and just like this is an example (laughs) (laughs) well what's the um in in the mighty ducks where they they light bombay's uh commercial on fire is cardboard cut out yeah that's what they at least do that you know (laughs) at least At least, no, at that's least what they. So that, that's what they meant. That's what they meant to do of Kevin Fiala, but they actually light him on fire. <laughs> like, oh shit! I'm really we starting. The, 
uh-huh. with the, the we thought the cardboard was just as just as uh, impactful as you. So <laughs> uh, make him stand by it. <laughs> I, I honestly, I just think. Can you tell the difference between these two Kevin Fialas? No, they're the same. <laughs> they're both in the trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I think I think this team is is well overdue. And what's 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 interesting to me is. Um, you know, I, I I know I bashed on them at the beginning of the year. I, their D, I mean, really does have the names. Uh, you know, I I mean, their D really hasn't looked all that. I know. Terrible. How dare you? How dare you besmirch the name of Jarrett Spurgeon? Ah, little tiny Spurgeon. I think I'm bigger fucking, than that dude. I love Derek Spur or Jared Spurgeon. Little Jared Spurgeon, dude. Well, Jared Spurgeon. Um, yeah, they they need to just. I, and I think I think you try. You try to at least get the team going. You you just get rid of Boudreaux. I mean, that's that's a tough one. I think I think Boudreaux would find a job pretty quick. I don't think. Yeah. You know, I don't think I was looking at Minnesota and going, man, he should have been a contender the last however many years. I just I don't think anybody's really looking at him like that. Maybe a couple analysts on NHL. I don't or think something. we talked about that. Zucker basically called out Boudreaux in the week and said that like he's got to do a better job yeah we did did we yeah the only thing yeah yeah, we did and the only thing that came out of it was sucker actually went back on and apologized which is what we're joking about oh that's right yeah he had to literally go back and apologize and he like literally apologized to him after that that's right Um, but still the fact that that shit is happening i i mean i just feel like that you've got to change the culture there bruce boudreau is yeah, you could say, oh, he was, you know, handicapped by Fenton, you know, who was basically making trades by drawing names out of a hat. So, I mean, there is that aspect, I guess, but um, I don't know. Dude, uh, Fenton, you, Fenton didn't even know who Kevin Fiala was. No, I, oh, I, I, I can guarantee no, you that. <laughs> no, he had no idea. He didn't even research him. He's just like, ah, Fiala's a fun name. Yeah, I know I like saying Fiala. Uh, <laughs> on a Grandland, I can never pronounce it correctly. So let's make the like, trade. is it Grandland or Grandland? Like, I I can't, I just can't handle that. <laughs> Ugh, trade him. Yeah, pull the trigger, <laughs> boys. But okay, but this is, and I know that this is a bad example because this go, this coach is truly elite. But it, when you have an elite coach, they can make good things happen with the team. Like, so Barry Trotz, for example, like. We, we talked about it before, and you and you even in our in our playoff pre, or in our season previews, you underrated the Islanders because I agree. If you look at that roster, it's not elite, like it's not a good roster, but Barry Trotz makes it solid, and I think you could do that with he could do that on almost any team that he's on. Yeah, and that's because he's a good coach. Whereas you got Bruce Boudreau. I mean, I think I don't know. I think if his system was going to work, it would have worked by now. Yeah, I think it's a perfect storm. I mean, yeah, it, look, it, the thing the thing with the Islanders, though, too, is, I mean, a lot of their guys, you know, they're still relatively known, right? So, I mean, you got, look at a guy like Brock Nelson. I mean, he's relatively known if you if you know anything about the Islanders. Um, you know, See, some, but that's the second part right there. If you know anything about the Islanders, outside of Islanders fans, Brock Nelson's kind of a no-name. That's it's true. I mean, you know, and and so is Jason Zucker, and so is agreed. You know, guys like that. I just I think I think the benefit that the Islanders have is they're a little younger, 
Um, yes. But you're right. I mean, Trotz, Trotz is obviously a better coach. Um, yeah, I, I, definitely. I, I think I think that's the first person to go, and, and they need to go quickly or else, you know, you're – look, you brought in a whole new GM. Uh, that GM needs to show the people of Minnesota and the team that, like, like I'm not fucking around anymore, right? Like, right. I am the right fit, and here's why. I'm getting rid of the guy who, who hasn't been able to get it done. And, um, yeah, I think that's, like, look that's at really it. their only option. Look at it from the – I already know your answer on this, but it'll cement home my point. If Barry Trotz was hired as the coach of the Minnesota Wild and had an off season to work with them, do you think they'd be a playoff team? Yeah, but I mean, I love Barry Trotz. Right. Well, but I'm not. <laughs> it's it's not like a love or hate Barry Trotz. Like I I don't necessarily like Mike Babcock, but can admit. Well, no, I even take that back because he was even when he won his cups with the Red Wings, he was very spoiled with a very 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 offensively loaded. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like John John Tortorella, where right. like he he won one Stanley Cup with the most loaded Tampa Bay Lightning in two thousand two. Like that that team was I mean that was Vincent LeCavier that was Martin Saint Louis that I mean that was just literally the most stacked team from hell. Not necessarily success because everywhere else John Tortorella's gone, uh, he's gotten really angry, yelled at someone, and then got fired. At least he's consistent. He is. He is very consistent. That is true. Yeah. No. I. I, I mean. I agree. I mean. You can look. I mean. Even in. Even in Nashville, it's not like Barry Trotz had anybody. Um, yep. Barry Trotz. I mean, Trotz did have. You know, he had a Washington team for a yep. long time. But I think. I think. I think the main point there is. You know. Uh, it's nice to be handed good teams, but there's also there's also a difficulty in that as well. Um, you know, it just, obviously there's, there's guys like Sidney Crosby and things like that, that you can literally just let them pretty much fucking coach. Sure. You know, but I mean, there's definitely going to be those, those high level teams where, um, you know, and, and up until the last couple of years, I don't think a team, and this is playing onto Barry Trotz even more. I think a guy like Alex Ovechkin is even, you know, harder to coach than some of these no name guys. Um, you know, so I think it just really depends on the team. And I think there's an issue in Minnesota. And do I think even getting rid of Bruce Boudreaux is going to help? I think it'll help for the first couple of games where the team's excited and then they're going to fall right back down to, you know, Eric Stahl has to score all of our goals and he's he's pretty washed up. Right. So, so I mean, same with know. Zach Parisi. Yeah, Parisi. I, I mean, at least he's playing this year. <laughs> right. That's but, undeniably true. Yeah, they need something in there. Okay. Um to to make this uh, softer on your voice, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping up here for an hour episode and uh, go right into our fantasy and betting talk. All right, I mean Sound my good? voice my voice is uh, you know it's it's been pretty good here for a little bit. It's not bad. It's actually improved over time. I know. Well, I've been wetting my whistle. Oh, okay. So you're probably just not feeling it. That's correct. That's it's fair. just numb from all the beer and oxycodone or whatever. That's fair. Um, so uh, betting, you you, you uh, gave some, uh, you kept us in suspense. Who did you lose your first free play bet to? Well, you know, I had to be a homer. Um, I I definitely wanted to keep it, especially my first couple of weeks. I wanted to keep it more uh, betting, just straight up winner loser. Um, you know, just 
it's just it's it's a lot easier to do for you betters out there that would be the money line money line not the puck line and not the under over over uh, yeah Yeah. um yeah so i i bet on the ducks to go into dallas and and take it to them and so i put i put uh put like 10 bucks i think it was 10 bucks on uh anaheim to just go in there and straight up win they ended up losing 2-1. Um, it was a good game. I watched the game. Some They were underdogs in that game, too. Yeah, so that's that's what I... I, I it was a ballsy bet, but it was I, I told you it was a good bet when you made it. Yeah, it was It was definitely ballsy. Um, Dallas had two goals from a no-name, or else it would have been 1-0. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Gory, your Glernev. Something stupid. <laughs> I hate him. I hate you. <laughs> Hate, 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 hate. Um, but it was fun, man. I mean, like you said, like you've been talking about, you've been trying to convince me to do this for like a year and a half now. And, um, man, I mean, it's it's not hard for me to get up and going about the Ducks, but, you know, it just made the game even better, right? The guy, this no-name scores two goals, and I, you know, if I was you drinking beer, I would him. chuck it at <laughs> I fucking hate him, you know what I mean? If I see that guy in public, I won't even recognize him, but I'll still, you know, curse his name as I walk by. Just, I just hope Corey Perry just fucking ends his career. <laughs> um, Perry played well, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely fun. Like I mean, like you said, he just it puts a little more emphasis onto the games, and just you know, it's never a bad thing. No, never it is. Nope. What about you? Uh, How how'd you do this week? Uh, fairly good. My, uh, I, I gamble a bit more than you do on that. Uh, my free play is gone and, uh, it, it, uh, if you count my free play, I'm definitely not doing well, but, uh, overall, overall I'm up a bit. Um, tonight actually I had offsetting bets. I, uh, I thought I was pretty confident betting against my Red Wings. Uh, I thought the Edmonton Oilers were going to walk in and, and smoke them once again because the Red Wings have just... They just haven't really found their game. Um, they've got a lot of guys that are struggling, as we talked about. But and and Vancouver and Edmonton's been playing quite well. Um, McKinnon's been clicking. Neil's been doing okay. Well, Neil's probably bound for a regression here. He, he there's no way he's going to be playing a point per game. But um, I just thought it was going to carry over to that, and uh, they ended up losing in Detroit uh, somehow, some way. It was a two-one game with until an empty netter. So. I lost that bet, but uh, I ended up just having a wash for the night because I bet on the uh, under-over game, or under-over, of the Dallas, Dallas-Minnesota Dallas game, and that ended 6-4 or 6-3 or something like that. So uh, easy cover on that one. Um, the line was really low. It was a it was a, hard, a solid five, uh, not five and a half. So hmm. uh, that was that was a pretty easy bet on that one. Granted, I understand the, the line was low for a reason. Those two teams don't really score many goals, but... Um, yeah, so I bet that covered basically a wash for the night. Um, I'm up at the moment, uh, so I'm hoping to carry it over. I also did a cash out. Shout out again to uh, Bet Commish. Uh, got my money in. That was good. Uh, pretty straightforward process. Um, so pretty excited to keep going and uh, hoping hoping the luck carries over throughout the week. Um, do you have any bets on your radar at the moment, Wells? Um, I, I so I just started looking at tomorrow's stuff. Um, there's really only like, I mean, like I was telling you, I think last, this, this last week when I was betting him, still trying to figure out, you know, what all the, the minuses and pluses and all that crap means. Sure. <laughs> but, um, 
Um, on my radar, I mean, there's you know, there's there's going to be close games. Florida and Colorado play tomorrow. Um, I think the Edmonton and, and Columbus game is going to be closer than we think. Edmonton's been falling off a little bit, so mm-hmm. those are going to be ones I'm going to be looking at. You know, I'll probably um, just bet the underdog and. Uh, hopefully I'll bet the earlier game on the underdog. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll be betting on Edmonton and Columbus because I get to actually watch that game tomorrow. So There you go. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got two bets um, just from looking at what I've got. So um, this week, there's uh, I'm, and Wells, I'm sure you've noticed this because of fantasy purposes, but um, a lot of days where there's only like two games going on. Mm-hmm. And and I've mentioned before on those days, I like to, I like to get a little loose and do a parlay. So... Um, We'll get to that in a second. So tomorrow, uh, or uh, uh, October 30th, um, what I'm looking at is uh, Florida versus Colorado. Uh, I bet this game last time it ended 5-4. I bet the over. Um, probably another great guarantee for this game to score lots of goals. Uh, these are two good teams. I, I can't really tell you who's going to win or lose, but uh, uh this game definitely went over last time and uh with with the injuries to colorado uh i would say the odds of the over going again are pretty good they might set the hot the line pretty high at six and a half again but i would i still might take that Mm -hmm. so and if the line's even lower then i would definitely take that so uh might go over in the florida colorado game and then october 31st there's only two games that day that's uh calgary and nashville and vegas and montreal uh, if I was going to do a parlay, I would do uh, uh, Nashville and Vegas to win both those games. Nice. But you could also bet one if you want. I just when there's only two games on, I like, I kind of like to do the parlay. So, um, uh, so I would I would take Nashville over Calgary, and I would take Vegas over Montreal. You could bet those games individually, or you could uh, do the parlay. I wouldn't I wouldn't do puck line in either of those. Those 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 could easily be one goal games. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I'm still getting all that figured out, but that made a little bit of that made more sense to me this week than it did in the past year and a half. So. Oh, good. Oh, good. See, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a learner. You are a learner. Nope. Once, once you get, once you get it down, it, it comes pretty easy, and you start, uh, you start understanding. Uh, you know, you start looking for you know who has the top power play in the league because then you start betting the over and that kind of thing. So yeah. I, I genuinely, genuinely, I like to bet under overs more than I like to bet on who's going to win, just because you and I know that hockey can sometimes make no sense at all, and a team can just pull out a win from like a shitty team can just kick the shit out of like. So look at tonight. What what was it that New York beat Tampa Bay? Was it four one four two? Four one. Okay, I think even uh, even the big brother of all the hockey podcasts, uh, Spit and Chicklets, RA bet Tampa Bay to win this. And uh, gambling websites, I look at this beforehand. Tampa Bay was minus two twenty. Oof. To win that game, and they lost. So, uh, it's def like even the most solid easy pick that you think is a slam dunk. Uh, hockey, hockey can sometimes turn around on you, and even the best teams can lose to the worst teams. Uh, but, but changing the makeup of a team, like whether you lose or not, you can generally bet on a team scoring goals or not. So, for example, like Chicago, I, I know it's weird to say, but Chicago is really struggling to score goals right now, and those games are usually going under. So, 
um, you know, they might pull out a win. You know, they beat uh, they beat L.A. 4-1, but that's still under. Right. And so, then but then tonight, they, tonight, I think they lost, what, 3-0? Yeah. 3-0? That's another they got, under. They got dusted. So, I mean, it, yeah. But oh, I yeah. Mean, Leonard, Leonard kept them in that game. Uh, yeah, could have been Not to jump back to league talk, but I think there's something... I think that coach might have a mutiny on his hands because I think that there's definitely some... Like, it might be just because I'm paying close attention to it because I have DeBrincat and Strom on my fantasy team, but those guys are getting thrown all over the roster. <laughs> um, Strom and DeBrincat were broken up for a while, and then they were put together for that LA game, and then they were put together again for this game, but they were put on the fourth line together. <laughs> so basically the coach is like, all right, you want to cry about it, you can be together, but you're on the fourth line. Ugh, that just that sounds like a disaster. Yeah, I don't. And the coaches said many times. It's popped up on our Twitter a couple of times for Dusty Bender. Um, coaches said like, I don't really believe in line changes. Like, if there's the system, you got to buy into it and it'll work. So, or uh, like line combinations. Mm. He's like, if you buy into the system, it doesn't matter who you play with. And I think that that's a really weird, wrong mentality. So. Yeah, I mean, especially with like. Yeah, not to not to jump on Chicago a little bit, but with with those two guys especially, like those are they've they had success last year because they played together. Right. You know, there's clearly a brotherhood between those two, and and you know, um, I also hate the mentality of you know four one. Why do I need to change anything? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to change anything until in game when I know I need to. Uh, you know, let these guys get some chemistry and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's but enough I mean, blame. There's enough blame to be shared in Chicago. Like Taze, I think has like two points. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's not it's not just on them for sure. But I think uh, you definitely need to there. There is something to be said about line chemistry. I know Quinville was just so known to turn on the line blender, but um, he would generally keep the lines the same in times of like stress and Mm -hmm. uh i think i think this is definitely a time of stress um this this chicago team they're not you know they're they're maybe a bubble team if they turn it to turn it around but the thing that they should not be struggling with right now is scoring like that's this should not be their problem defense and questionable goaltending sure but getting goals should not be a problem for this team and it is right like that was like last year Ironically enough, like gamblers will know this, but Chicago went on like a 24 game over streak where they covered the over. Mm. I like remember a 24 that. game streak in a row where their games covered the they didn't they lost in one, you know, on off, but they that those games always covered the over because they were just scoring and getting scored on. Right. And I think this year they might be trying to fix that by you know, less f- emphasis on the offense to get more defense, but that's just with your with the lineup that they have currently. That's just not their strength, and it's not going to work. Right. So back to betting a little bit. Would you even have put? What would you have done on the over under for Minnesota Dallas? Uh, I bet the over. I Did bet you? the over on that game and won. Oh man, I would not have. Uh, I would it's not because, have thought that. It's because the line was low. They set it mm. at five. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So, like, if that game ends, you know, 3-3 or, you know, 4-3 or whatever, it's... 
And I'm think I'm sitting here going like, yes, both these teams are definitely unders more often than not. But you get two teams together that genuinely come against you know, it's two struggling offenses coming against each other. And I think they wanted to open up the scoring a bit. Hmm. And it's like one of the rare opportunities that both teams can do that. Right. And then Anaheim so, and Winnipeg scoring 11. That's a weird game. That's very weird. <laughs> I, Gibson does not let that up often. And I don't understand where this offense is coming from Anaheim. I, I mean, good for them, 100%. But it's just weird that they're getting this offense from right now from uh, all over the map, really. Four, yep, four lines approach, man. It's working. It really, it, I mean, you see that fall off a little bit at the, at the, you know, throughout the year, but yeah, that's a weird one. I definitely, I, I'm, I'm with you. I would have gone under on that one. This could be, uh, this could definitely be a, um, this could be a year for the. I mean, with how things are shaking out right now, I, I would upgrade Anaheim to maybe a, a to a, a slip in to a, a low playoff spot. I mean, there's just Calgary's really struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Edmonton is not doing as, you know, they're, I mean, they're kind of in it, but not really. Um, Arizona might pull in. There's, I mean, San Jose, what do you think about San Jose? Do you think they turn it around? Uh, I think San Jose has a, so far, I'm not impressed. Huh? I, cause I said, I'm so far, I'm not impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they're, they're really not looking good. Yeah, and then, I mean, you look at teams like the Coyotes in Vancouver and you're looking at two teams that, you know, really really could easily finish in that. Um, I mean, we've seen Edmonton fall off a little bit, so we already can – I think we can expect it a little bit. But, I mean, you know, Arizona-Vancouver could fall right into a 2-3 for all we know. I think, I think the moral of this conversation right now is that the Pacific is very weak. Um, I mean, but is it, though? Uh, I mean – Let's look at the okay, the top teams in the division, Edmonton, Vegas, Anaheim, Arizona, Vancouver, Calgary. So, you've got these teams that are I mean, those are the best teams in the Pacific. Do any of those teams match up to Colorado, Nashville, St. Louis? Um, I mean, I don't I don't know if you can I mean, probably not, but that doesn't mean that the Pacific is weak where, you know, you still have 1 2 3 4 in the Central. Okay, so are any of those teams better than Washington, Carolina, or the New York Islanders? Right, but you're but you're saying the division itself is weak when the Pacific is actually uh, plus five hundred against the East Coast and is sitting, you know, split with the Central right now. So I mean, you know, you can you can look at them and go, yes, and a team like Edmonton should be weaker, um, you know, than a than a Colorado, Nashville, St. Louis, but. I think to call the entire Pacific Division the weakest. Okay, so I don't know if you okay, can. Okay, I I take your point. So how about maybe instead of weak, they're more they're more mediocre. Like the like everybody in the Pacific Division is just okay, whereas every other division has top dogs and garbage. Does that make sense? Like everybody in the Pacific is just okay. Whereas the other divisions are more, there's like a gap between the best and the worst. I'll give you that then. Yeah, I mean, is you, that a little better? Yeah, I, I okay. I'll agree with that over you know, uh, saying the entire because I think as a whole the Pacific divisions looked pretty decent. Um, Kings obviously don't, but you know, no, but they were expected to. 
Right. Um, Minnesota, I think, I mean, we, we predict Minnesota was doing bad. I don't think we had them doing this bad, but um, we had them doing bad. Chicago, we were kind of hopeful they would do a little better, but it doesn't look like that so far. Um, I think... I think they'll do a bit better um, if they if they go back to their scoring ways and then they just accept that Robin Leonard is going to be the starter because he obviously is the starter. Oh, um, why haven't they? What are they I, doing? I think they were just hoping that Corey Crawford might come back into form, but I I think he's done. Uh, it's he's gone he's gone through too many injuries. He hasn't played enough. Uh, he's gone through some shit in his life after winning the cups. I substance abuse things I, I just you know no no knock on the guy it's just it, it happens like there are good goalies that just they're good players like i mean they just it happens like sometimes you go out on top and sometimes you retire as an old dude you know it just it happens and i think crawford's just seen too much rubber he hasn't he's just not himself anymore i think he's a decent goalie he's a great backup but it's robin leonard's time yep i agree so, with you He's absolutely a, letters look, yeah let's letters let's not good. do a whole division recap we can we can no. talk about that later but um so yeah other than that uh quick fantasy picks what do you got um we're really starting to see the guys uh you know guys who started off with a good year we're really starting to see them get picked up and we're seeing a lot of guys who uh every, everything's starting to even out a little bit yep um which you know is, is good and bad but there's definitely, you know, there's there's guys on the waiver that we really need to be looking at, um, you know, before. Like, how long do you hold on to some of these guys, right? Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with mine is, you know, is this actually going to get better or is it going to continue onward like this or actually get worse? Right. Um, so, you know, for me, one of my one of my weak spots is uh, I got to I got to couple guys on D that I really need to start being concerned about. Um, and so, you Same. know, I'm, I'm, what's that? Same. Yeah. And I mean, um, yeah, I mean, so, but there's, there's definitely guys in, in our free agency that are exciting. Uh, it's just do, you know, at what point am I looking to percent rostered and what point am I looking to, um, you know, that kind of thing where, you know, am I picking up a guy like like Justin Schultz, or am I picking up a guy like Nick Letty, where um, you know they're starting to come around a little bit? And hey, you know, maybe I got guys who, even though they might be a little higher, you know, percentage owned and those kind of things. Um, you know, how long am I going to drag them? <laughs> sure. You know, how long am I going to keep them in there? So, um, yeah. As as for D, that's really my spot that I'm looking. Um, D and goalies just always seem to be a spot for me, you know, where you can get that offense from, from guys, you know, that are center, left wing, right wing. Cause ESPN doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Right. You know? So, um, yeah. What about you? Um, no, I agree. I'm actually kind of in the same boat. I, I mentioned earlier that, uh, Klingberg is, is really killing me. I don't know if I'm at the point yet where I'm going to drop him, but God, if he doesn't, so what I what I call this is I, I call it zeroing out. So when you look on the fantasy app, it shows like what their last eight games, ten games. Mm-hmm. Um, if they zero, I call it zeroing out. So like if they're if that line if that last ten games that they show that preview, if it's just zeros, I drop them. Mm. Like it's if you haven't scored in eight to ten games, you're obviously you're either on a cold streak or it's just not going to happen. And right. either way especially that's part one part two is if i'm already eyeing somebody on the fantasy wire that's when i pull the trigger 
Both both of those things have to click. Like I don't go to my waiver wire and find somebody that's doing really good, but I don't have anybody on my roster to drop because everybody's doing well. That doesn't make sense. So I've got to find somebody that A, zeroes out, and B, there's got to be somebody on my radar for the waiver, and then I pull that trigger. And um, I'm not at that point just yet. Uh, looking at some D-men to, to eye a little bit. Um, so uh, so a couple for defensemen. Uh, Ian Cole is definitely wa- worth a watch. Uh, not because of offensive output. He's got five assists right now, which is pretty good for him. But uh, for defensemen, he's plus 11 right now. He has the highest plus minus uh one of the highest plus minuses in the nhl i believe i mean it's right up there so mm-hmm. uh ian cole's definitely good things happen when he's on the ice and, and now with uh the injuries in colorado i know that doesn't affect defense but uh he might be getting some more looks uh as 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 the lines get shuffled around um so ian cole and he's only uh he's only owned in four percent of leagues so that's an easy one uh, another one, uh, this one's, uh, this one might be a carrier from last year, but Brian Rust, he just came back to the Penguins on their roster. Um, we'll see if he gets pushed up more into the higher, uh, into the higher, uh, lines in the top six, but he's only played two games this year, but he's got two points in two games, a goal and assist, uh, back to back. So, um, might be somebody to watch. He had a, he had a spectacular ending of last year and uh, might be looking to carry it over. So uh, plus three with two points in two games. So not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Nope. So those are those are two kind of sleepers. Uh, Rust is only owned at 1.8. And then uh, and then last but not least, uh, Joel Armia. Um, I, and his name has been thrown, a lot, thrown around a lot in fantasy circles um, because he's one of those guys that he's kind of a no-name, but he's putting up points. So... When do you pull? When it's it's like you were saying. When do you pull the trigger to drop your name guy, your big name guy, that's getting no points for a no name guy that is getting points? Because at any time that no name guy could drop off and do what he's normally done, and your big name guy could click, turn it back on like he's always done. So it's always that risk. Um, Joel, he's got decent. You know, he's got decent placement in the roster for Montreal. Uh, he's been on the team for a while. He's never really done anything. So this is, I mean, it could, it could be a fluke. You know, he could just be on a hot streak and he'll go cold here soon. But uh, he's definitely one of the hotter players on our on our, uh, on our our waiver wire right now. He's owned in uh, currently 20% of leagues. So still widely available. Yeah, so relatively young. So, yeah, looking at Armia especially, 26 right that's coming right into your prime years so this for all we know this could this could be the norm for him here for the next couple of years yep it um, could be it totally it's it's this is de- that one's definitely a gamble um i think with i think with rust and cole you kind of get you know what you're getting um and don't i mean don't drop big names for that armia it's still i still wouldn't drop a big name for it yet um i think he needs to prove that this isn't just you know the, a, a good a good hot streak uh, I mean, if you've had him in your league all this time so far, great, good for you. I mean, I don't think many did, so um, good for you if you if you had the foresight to pick him up during this hot streak and, and enjoyed it, um, and then just enjoy the ride. In fact, Armia could be an example of I've got one of these in my league, um, uh, I, a uh, sell high candidate. Um, you know, if you got him on your roster and he continues his hot streak, and you think it might cool off, maybe try to trade him, sell him high. 
Yep. That's good shit, Maroki. I like it. Um, anything else on your end? Um, no, I lost my first game last week, though. I saw that. You're three. And, everybody's three and one now, basically. Yep. I uh, forgot to set my lineup just about every other day. So. See, you got to do it. You you set your lineup when you're on the shitter. Yeah, just you know, I'm I'm getting out of that morning shit cycle. I think. Oh. It's just yep. really See, throwing me off. There you go. Yeah, you sit down and you just set your lineup when you're doing it. Goddamn fucking lunch shitter now. Yeah, that's, that throws you all out it's of whack. terrible group to be in. Terrible. Yeah, there's a one, two, three, four, five, six-way tie for first place at three and one. So that just tells you, you know, we're uh, we're building a good league here. I think we are. We are. It's definitely that's that's weird. There's a six-way tie for first place. There's one team that's two and two, and then there's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four that are one and three, and one that's zero oh and four. Yeah, and I think tickle tickle my bickles getting the freaking boot, anyways. Yeah, I I think that he's about done. <laughs> Just give him the old size nines, huh? Just right in the right in the bickle. Put him in the bickle. Ben Bishop's beach balls. That's a that's a noon team name, and I like it. I do like that. That is <laughs> that is pretty impressive. Eesh. All right, you want to sign off or what? Let's do it. Um, so once again, th- big thanks to our sponsor, uh, uh, BetCommish.ag. Check him out to place your action. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at, at @BetCommish. Um, we're going to be placing some bets tomorrow. Uh, please follow us on Twitter, or Facebook. I uh, don't really care about Instagram at the moment, but you can do that too if you want. Um, and subscribe, subscribe to, to us on whatever you listen to us on, whether it be. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. We don't care. We're not picky. You can listen to us on whatever. Just, just subscribe and say good things. We appreciate that. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, this is it for this week, and uh, we'll we'll see you next Wednesday. Later's.